0: Hello and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 190. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello, that's me. Oh, welcome back. Yes. And we are out of winter for a fool's... Until until Monday. What do you call it? A fool's summer? Yeah. Second, fourth summer? Yeah. Anyway, it's like going to be 74 degrees and sunny today. Yes, it's going to be wonderful. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow... It starts getting into, like, the 50s, and then, yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday just falls off a cliff. I
1: think I might have a fire at my house tonight. We bought a fire pit last week, and then ended up not using it because it was way too windy. I just stole my fire pit from people that moved to Texas, and it was great. Mine was all of $30, so. Very fine. Yes.
0: Um, Before we get into the topics, I want to quickly touch on... Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. What that particular website is, it's our internet presence for uh, direct content support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. If you head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage, you will find our two open-ended levels of support. If you'd like to help us out, buy us beer. That would certainly be appreciated, but certainly no obligation. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. Uh, moving right along to beer, I am sipping on a Paulaner Hefeweizen.
1: Ooh, that's a delicious uh, fall beer.
0: It is, yeah. I'm I, not quite into stouts
1: yet. But I have a summer beer. I have, you really do. You're ready for later in the have, day. I have a Bauhaus Brew Lab Short Pants Lemon Shandy. It's a uh, great name. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm also, weirdly enough, I don't have a podcast Koozie. I've got a Podcast Koozie, which is... I also
0: have a podcast koozie, but it is one of the most destroyed variants. You yeah. gra- you the, the rarest one. With the graphics. Yeah,
1: you have the rarest one where they just totally like, screwed the pooch before you finally went with a different company that did it right.
0: Technically, they're all equally rare because I have a hundred of
1: each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I feel like the podcast <clears throat> koozie is the one that's the most popular. People really seem to like the podcast I think koozie, we might have to bring so. them back. God, go
0: back to Vistaprint and just submit correct artwork. They'll find a way to screw it up.
1: Just the exact, <laughs> take a picture of the exact one and give it to a real printer and be like, hey. Use the good <laughs> company. Like, yeah, can you the, really mess this one up for me? I need this to just <laughs> like the broadcast version 1.0. They're like, good God, why?
0: I'm like, don't worry about it. Just come on, please. Um, so, so anyway, you've got the first topic. I so, do.
1: So there is a new show on Netflix. Uh, it came out. It was Halloween last week, so oh, as of the day we were recording. Uh, it's oh, yeah. called The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's actually a really cool kind of like, it's not really, it's about, ghosts are involved but it's more than just that. Not really my genre. No, it's definitely, but it, it's more of like a like whodunit sort of thriller sort of thing but like ghosts are involved. So the grammar uh, is really good. Yeah, it's pretty okay. dope actually. <laughs> um, but there's, so there's like a lot of like foreshadowing that happens in that show and I'm kind of have some spoilers ahead so if you don't want spoilers like skip ahead like a minute. Um... But so anyway, there's the main the bad guy. His name's Peter Quinn. Um, he was his whole thing was he was uh, embezzling money from the owners of the manor and stealing stuff, and he was their valet. And his the reason he was doing that is he was trying to escape to America and leave England because he hates it. Um, and so he must have been in Sheffield. Yeah. So there's in the first episode. Before you notice that, you see Peter's car in the very, like, pull-up, first episode, first thing you see. And it's a U.S. market W124. And I'm like, okay. Was that an early one or a cladded one? It was, uh, it's in 1987, so. That's it was, definitely like, early. Yeah, yeah, it was an early one. Uh, but that's the thing is, so it's a USDM W124. You go, what the hell? Like, total oversight on this American company. Obviously filming in New York. No, see,
0: what it was is it was stolen brand new in the States, shipped to Albania, and then it was stolen <laughs> back to the UK.
1: Well, so the thing is, Peter wants to go to America super bad, and he's, like, super into American things. So he, it the thing is, is that the USDM, like, car foreshadows that he really wants to be American.
0: Interesting. So he did it on purpose. Yeah,
1: I think that was entirely oh, an intentional geez. thing, because they did a bunch of little things like that, that are just, like, foreshadowing that, like, only a few people will notice... I think that is the greatest use of a U of like a quote unquote wrong car for car casting, because you know how Stranger Things famously has the '91 Volvo uh, 240 that's forever in the background. Stranger
0: Things screwed up a lot of stuff. Yeah, they did. They really did.
1: But, like, yeah, no, the Haunting of Boy Manor, they really just nailed a bunch of little things. Like, all the way down to, like, when, like, certain styles of clothing were made. Like, they were ma- available in September of 1987, not October of 1987. So, okay. like, that very, is a very accurate. Unhealthy level of attention to yeah, detail. Yeah, and so I thought it was super cool that they used that car to foreshadow what happened. Anyway.
0: Was it a 260 or 300, or was it diesel or a gas? It,
1: you couldn't see from the back, oh. unfortunately. But you, I did see that it had the uh, fixed beam headlights. It had the wipers and everything the gross little plastic surrounds um even had the usdm front end where the bumper bracket goes on they removed that and they didn't put the filler piece in and they just had a license plate bolted in oh yeah Hmm. so because there's that you know it's a little plastic piece that goes over it
0: yeah yeah so i think that's actually like cast into the bumper isn't it oh it is on the later ones on on the
1: later ones on the early ones you can actually remove it and there's two different ones you can put in and so and if you don't put one in you can still just Screw the license plate in, it just looks like shit. And so they did just kind of like the screw it in, it sort of looks like shit. And, like, being the valet, he's not, like, super well off. So, sure. I think it's just, like, it's really good attention to detail. It's, like, he just kind of, like, got an American car and couldn't afford to do it correctly. It's really perfect.
0: Well, let's just be honest. The best American car is one that isn't American at all. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that's that's well done. Especially for the car casting. That was actually probably incredible attention to detail. It really
1: was. Because, like, at first I was like, no way. A car's left-hand drive. What the hell? And then I like go, that's American. Like, Every other car. Zoom in
0: on the radio and it's got like all the United States uh, <laughs> FM bands yeah. on it. Like, oh my God!
1: Well, because like all the other cars are like super well cast. So, like, the cook, he drives a MG Magnet and stuff like that. And just like sure. all these like super British cars. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. You will not be pissed off by that show. Oh
0: my God. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm personally not going to watch it, but I do recommend that if you're yes. into that kind of thing. If, you,
1: if you're into like spooky, like thriller stuff.
0: Well, actually, maybe I will watch it like next Halloween because I don't really have anything I want to watch on Halloween. People are yeah. like
1: watch Hocus Pocus. I'm like, I don't it's, even know what that is. It's honestly, it's not like a scary, like, ghost, like, oh my God, it's this is horrifying sure. movie. Sure. It's like, really, what it is is it's more of like a whodunit, who stole these things thriller, but there's also a ghost that's thrown in there. There's also a gay love story, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty dope show. Modi's in it, okay. Fantastic mustaches oh, throughout. Soup strainers. Yeah, soup strainers. Oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> so, it's a good show. You know, where
0: else you'll find fantastic mustaches? Hmm. The East Coast. Oh! And on the East Coast, this is a horrible segue, I apologize, is Massachusetts. Yes, it is. I'm bringing them up only because, and I do mean only, because their political folks were actually able to pass 75% in a right to repair act thing that's very significant for automotive applications. Oh, that's
1: actually, that's so, because I know GM for a long time, they've been trying to make it illegal to modify their vehicles. Yeah,
0: they're basically just John Deere for the road.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. So that's actually really funny because I think but anyway,
0: the legislation basically is targeting, like, the ability for customers to buy tools and use them themselves to deal with the electronic facets of modern vehicles.
1: Massachusetts is a blue state. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, of course it is. It's on the coast. Well, also, they did something good for people. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Well, so. we
0: got what was it? We got uh, eight minutes in before we mentioned anything political. Hey, so. I didn't
1: talk about the thing, That's election. great. Nope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love how
0: you avoided the name, and then you're like, you know, the the thing, the election. <laughs> like, great avoidance, Ryan. Um, I think we already talked about yeah. it, like, immediately. But, I mean, this is a really great thing, because, I mean, it, this will afford, I mean, you're going to have really expensive tools, like the Snap-on Solus, that are going to yeah. be able to leverage this. But that stuff's going to trickle down, because all the encryption stuff has to be at least given out or you know for sale to companies that make the cheap tools
1: and and the the other thing is is that when you have people are probably going "Well, what the hell does it matter if something happens in massachusetts it's the same thing of california has carb well that affects the entire country Mm -hmm. because yeah the entire country doesn't have to make they they don't have to make cars to conform for california to sell in boston right but it's easier to have just one set of tooling than have to have two Correct. completely different computer systems.
0: Yeah, your your two thousand fourteen C three hundred is gonna have the same engine computer in Minnesota as it exactly. is in Boston. So you're gonna yeah. be able to buy that tool that we got from Massachusetts Massachusetts legislation and use it. Yeah, exactly. So that's huge.
1: And also like historically when car companies have done the thing where they have two different sets of completely different emission systems. Yeah. Um it's gone real well for them. Yeah, it usually <laughs> it goes pretty poorly. I think the only examples I can think of where they had a California emissions system and then a federal emissions system where it didn't Sorry. really affect the car was the CG Accord and then the Vanagon. I just did it again. Yeah, you did you did do it again. Cuz I know in with in those uh Instances the cga Accord it made no difference it was just exactly which catalytic converter was in there okay and with the Vanagon it was just an extra capacitor in the idle computer
0: so why would they not just do what every other manufacturer did is make it fifty state emission compliant because and sell it the, everywhere?
1: in those particular instances the Vanagon that we got across the United States also was the Vanagon that they got in Europe. Okay. So it was. All right. So they weren't actually just, making a new model. They, they weren't were just, making a new model. Okay. They just had to modify it slightly to get it to meet California emissions. Fine, and fine. It was fine. a one part that you plug in. But historically, every other car that's ever done that, like a lot of GM platforms and stuff like that, it, it's like a catastrophic nightmare. And then it becomes sort of known, a known quantity in the car as a used car. Right. And that begins to affect its ratings for like repairability, for stuff like consumer reports. And. <laughs> That negatively sure affects
0: the car. Didn't have the, uh, was the ignition switch or whatever that like every GM product yeah. for 15 years <laughs> had? I'm like, oh yeah, well, it could be fine or it could start on fire while you're driving.
1: Or it could just turn the steering lock when you're turning. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. Was that GM as well? <laughs> that was GM, yes. Oh God.
0: <laughs> I do remember once upon a time, Yeah, there were a couple models that had like three really serious things that should have been recalled and they weren't.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> Mary Barra took over GM and she goes, you did what? <laughs> She said and then she, she stopped
0: selling all the cars instead of yeah, fixing the problem.
1: exactly. She's like, we're just not doing this anymore. Oh, God. So, um, one of the other things I've noticed uh, this week when I was trying to bury my head in the sand <clears throat> for most of it. Um, Same. I noticed that there are, you know, there's all, all, pretty much all of the great Japanese cars from the 90s are available to import to America right now. With the exception of the R34 Scallon. You can get anything else. Yeah,
0: but it's like an early variation of something still. Yeah. So it, like, and even an R33 is like, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Know, I was
1: actually having a conversation about the R33. People were like, why don't people care about the R33? I'm like, it's bookended by better cars. Yeah, it's I'm the like, E36 and the, the E21. E30, it's the E36. It's the E21. It's <laughs> the 280ZX. It like, it's a fine car. It's, it's, it's not just a bad not vehicle. As good. Right. Yeah, it, it's just it's bookended good. Right. Yeah, it's bookended by two cars that each do part of that car's job better oh yeah the, r34 is, better. yeah the r34 is objectively better looking and the r32 is better performing so you have it's just that middle child mm-hmm. um however i noticed that these are still some really really good values to be had i've always been pitching the uh the three uh three or sorry the 3000 gt is i'm sorry i had a small stroke i here. was gonna
0: say that was a tia <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I've always been pitching the 3000 GT VR4 as one of those cars. Uh-huh. But I noticed this week that early Evos and early WRXs go for nothing still. In Europe? No, in America. Well, like, we... imported.
0: Okay, I was going to say, oh, right. Oh, okay. like, yeah. But are you talking like an Evo 3? Or yeah. like, okay. Evo
1: 1, 2, and 3. Mm. The original GC WRXs. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and so it's one of those things where it's like, I, I can't. Really, they are unjustifiably cheap. Like you can (laughs) get—it's a bold claim. (laughs) Like no, I mean like you can get the best (laughs) Evo Two from Top Rank International Vehicle Importers, where everything's sorted. It's California compliant. You can drive it anywhere in the world, and you know that car's gonna be reliable enough to drive from San Diego to to, like Maine. Sure. Um, and that's twenty two thousand dollars.
0: So cheaper than like a pretty clapped Evo Nine
1: that's cheaper than a clapped out R32 Evo 9 a salvage title bug eye WRX <laughs> like
0: Yeah, what the hell's up with those? I have no idea. just um, yeah, like there's no way these are worth more than like 3 grand. And I, I see like 7 8 grand. I'm like are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it's insane. This things made out of rust and it barely runs. Yeah, that
1: that's why I like at first I was like, all right, Subarus can be cool. And I'm like, all right, Subarus can be cool at about 60% of their price point.
0: Yeah. Like this it's just, you're not getting what you pay for there. No,
1: and it's like I, I don't like I don't hate Subarus like you do. <laughs> like, I actually like them, but it's like, I oh. don't like them for their price point.
0: I don't know if I ever talked about that legacy loaner I got, but uh, that was the worst car I've ever driven in my entire life.
1: The worst car I've ever driven in my entire life was a Nissan Altima.
0: This is worse than an Altima. I've recently driven one of those. Yeah,
1: and, and so the Nissan Altima was the worst period car I've ever driven, just like the most does nothing for me, but it was not the biggest letdown. We talked about that last episode, but well, the
0: Altima at least had a decent stereo. Yeah, I guess. And it didn't have a bunch of crap that turned itself back on no matter how many times you shut it back off, which was eyesight. Mm. That system, I shut eight things off in the infotainment every single time I turned the car on.
1: Oh yeah, you have to do that. Yeah.
0: And the engine was terrible. Yeah. And the handling was suicidal. The stereo was terrible.
1: Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad.
0: The seats like looked like they were going to be amazing, but they no, ended they up weren't. being a huge letdown.
1: Uh, if you get the. Highest trim level, the Subaru Legacy, uh, I think it's the Limited, uh, the 36R. The, the better engine would help a ton. Yeah, and so when you get the flat six, it's okay. <laughs> but you still have
0: the eyesight things, which, like, yes. it was constantly jerking the wheel thinking I was going to crash. and just.
1: I like freaking out the eyesight when I was working at Subaru. <sighs> there were times I'd drive from Long Lake to... Uh, the dealership with my hands completely off the steering wheel and just watching the car sway, <laughs> like swerve inside the lane like I'm a drunk. That would be more <laughs> enjoyable than trying to drive it. Yeah, no, you don't try to drive it. You see how close it'll get to killing you without actually killing you.
0: But yeah, anyway, didn't mean so to derail that, yeah. no, it's all
1: right. Um, <laughs> so with these Evos and WRXs, uh, I would say that these are definitely a great investment car. Mm-hmm. If you were looking for a car that you can enjoy and that's going to appreciate in value because this is the thing. These are the cars. Like you, people wonder why do we? Have, why did not we not have Supras? Why did we not have RX sevens, NSXs, all that stuff for the longest time? It's because the Evo and the WRX killed them. The Evo and the WRX outperformed them in every single metric, and did so with a two liter engine, which put them in a lower tax bracket.
0: And those were the good two liter engines. Yes, the early four Gs and the closed deck. Yeah, two exactly. Liter. Like, those are actually reliable cars. Yeah,
1: those. so these are the best cars. And I think the only thing that kind of lets down the Evo 1, 2, and 3 is the fact they have relatively plain jane body styling. <laughs> yeah. But... They're, they're pretty bad. But that's the thing. The 4 is coming available next year. Mm-hmm. I think it might be even this year. Yeah, and then you have the 5 and the 6. I think when those well, start hitting the market, yeah. those are going to really be where they hit their stride. Uh, Because the 5 and the 6 were the ones, those are the ones with the big taillights in the back that weren't, they didn't just look like a Mirage. Um, (laughs) Well, they kind of still look like a Mirage. They did, kind (laughs) of. Not as much. But um, those are the ones where they're really going to be much more desirable than the early ones. I think that the early ones still are something to invest in now. Because they're still a very sought after car. I still think, think I'd take an EVO 3. I, yeah, I think mine mine would probably be the Evo five. Um, that would be the one before they went to the USDM body style mm-hmm. with the Evo seven. And the five and the six are pretty similar. They just changed kind of the front. I was front gonna end.
0: say the six was still pre-US style yeah. too. Yeah,
1: and I, I, the five is kind of my favorite though. Sure. Um No, it's
0: probably the most refined old style car. Yeah, it was.
1: Uh, and then with the WRXs, actually, I think that the early WRXs, if you are going to get a Subaru for an investment, would probably be your best bet. Especially yeah. if you were to get one of the weird trim levels, like the Gravel Express, which is basically <laughs> an Outback WRX. That's <laughs> a great name. It's an awesome name, I know, right? <laughs>
0: but how do you a, drive? Well, I drive a Gravel Express.
1: But the uh, the Gravel Express is is basically a Subaru Outback uh, wagon. Oh, it's WRX. a WRX. Yeah. Oh. If you look, Google it, gravel, okay. uh, w, a Gravel uh, a Subaru Gravel Express real quick, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like they're literally. Just a GC WRX wagon Outback. Oh yes, with a they bull are. bar and like a uh, fifth wheel on the back, like a, a tailgate-mounted spare tire. Talk about
0: an unpretentious WRX. Oh my God. Yeah, it's as cool. As oh. Express.
1: They're pretty awesome. Okay, <laughs> this
0: is as cool as a little red express truck.
1: Yeah, they're pretty rad, and they're like, they're all-wheel drive. I think like 200 and I can't remember exactly how much horsepower. I think it's like something like 240 horsepower. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, like they're they're pretty awesome. Um but yeah, you can see here like, they're they're literally just an Outback Sport with a fifth wheel on the back and a bull bar. They're great. Like that'd be a great investment
0: car. Um, then
1: the, yeah, the, if you
0: can find one that's never seen anything, that would make it rust. And then
1: they also say Gravel Express on the door, and they do have an entire paragraph. Describing what it is. This
0: photo is clearly <laughs> from the early 2000s. So this is all of the pixels, but <laughs> yeah. yes it, it definitely goes most of the entire front door. Oh,
1: it is the entire front door. It says <laughs> like It's like it's like single-grid cam turbocharged intercooled all-wheel drive manual transmission gravel, drive. gravel express all-terrain transport vehicle or something like that. It was just like an entire English paragraph um so yeah, that one's definitely <laughs> up there and also the early WRX wagons also had the best WRX font. whereas in this like splash font looks like you got oh, off Oh like and,
0: a CDU WRX yeah, uh, or whatever. Yeah, it is
1: Yeah, exactly like the Ski Doo logos. Ski Doo or CDU? I thought Oh yeah, I guess it's CDU. CDU. I
0: I was going to try to find the fonty logo here. Oh, but. if
1: you if you type in uh, Gravel Express uh, uh, mm, that's going to be a little hard to find actually. it's fine. Yeah. I mean, you can you, you can, can get a good Google mental it. image. Yeah, you can that. Google it. So, and then you'll be able to find it. Um, but yeah, I think these cars definitely slept on way too hard. And if you have, you know, fifteen thousand dollars, you can get either one of these cars in really good nick. I mean, there have been four that have sold on Bring a Trailer in the last year that haven't eclipsed the twenty thousand dollar mark. Are and those
0: right-hand drive or left-hand drive? Right-hand drive. Okay.
1: Yeah, so they're they're all right-hand drive. They're great. I mean, you have all the. JDM Did they funness. make an LHD one? I think for like the some European markets, you probably could get it. Okay. Um, so you could get an LHD one.
0: I, I don't personally care. I was just curious. Yeah,
1: but I think uh, the right-hand drive I've noticed usually helps value with these cars. Well, yeah, I'll, you
0: can you can deliver mail with it.
1: Yeah, it's true. You could deliver mail with it. Um, but yeah, so these are definitely something if you if you're fi- under twenty thousand dollars and you're looking for a fun car to invest in that will make you money early wrx early evo easily that's top of my choice now so
0: yeah for stuff to import specifically uh, that's a pretty good answer for stuff that we actually have here i'm sure there's other good answers too i'd still say first or second gen ford lightning for an investment but
1: can you get those under 20 grand still oh And yeah. like okay nick yeah Uh, that'd be up there
0: they really haven't i mean it's still let's be honest it's like a 99 f-150 step side so we
1: we remember the top gear review of it oh Oh, that was panel uh, gaps that was an
0: aftermarket (laughs) converted right hand drive one so a lot of those issues were caused by (laughs) the converter but let's be honest it wasn't much better with the left hand drive cars
1: no american uh, cars weren't really known for their interior fitment until about 2013.
0: I was going to say, I don't think we're even really known for it yet, mm-hmm. but it's much better. Yeah, it, be. it, was,
1: it was after the recession when everybody went out of business because of their interior <laughs> fitment. <laughs> Why is nobody buying our stuff? Ah, uh, I'll give me you'll five loo- questions. Because <laughs> you'll lose your credit card in between the panel gaps, you have oh to disassemble God. your entire dashboard. What was it? I,
0: I hate referencing DeMiro, but he did the, uh, the Ghibli. And he used a travel-sized toothpaste to demonstrate the panel gap between the door <laughs> panel and the B-pillar. You could fit a tube of toothpaste in the panel gap of this car, and that became like a test. I'm like, okay, I don't like this, but that's really funny. That is
1: actually pretty funny.
0: <clears throat> anyway, tangentially switching topics. Uh, Chris Harris. He used to do Chris Harris on Cars YouTube videos. He actually, yeah. way back in the day, was an auto writer mm-hmm. uh, in, in the UK. He did pretty well for himself. Now he is one of the hosts of Top Gear UK. Yes. He is a notoriously very closely guarded family life kind of guy, but Mm -hmm. he did a two-part video interview series with Johnny Smith, who has his own thing called The Late Break Show now. Uh, He used to be part of Fully Charged, and he's done a bunch of other... Okay, yeah. uh, He's a hugely popular automotive journalist in the UK. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fascinating. I watched both of these, and I would highly recommend to our listeners that you do the same. Set aside about an hour for both. But Chris Harris... Wait,
1: an hour per episode? No, they're about
0: 27 minutes each. Okay, so yeah,
1: a full hour all in.
0: Full hour with some advertising breaks, yeah. Um, But Chris Harris, he he talked a lot. The first section was kind of going over his history as an auto journalist, what it took to get into it, Mm -hmm. starting with the magazines, getting a column, working into, you know, just like barely scraping by with these YouTube videos, then getting kind of a hold of Patreon and stuff like that. And then he talked about the process of replacing one of the big three on Top Gear UK. Mm -hmm. As well as commenting on the first series, which had Chris Evans on it, which he's like, that was really bad. But apparently he almost quit after season two because of, like, how many threats in his DMs he was getting. He's like, you're not as funny as Clarkson. That's true. I'm just like, <laughs> well, it's true, but, like, he's also a better journalist, so... I don't know, but it was fascinating. Like he did these interview segments in one of his storage sheds in the middle of like the Midlands, (laughs) and like the zooms to the back of the shot behind them here, behind the camera, it's all caravans and like motorhomes stuck in like a mini storage. It's hilarious. But he's got a 512 TR back there. He's got an Evo six under the car cover. He's got a. Is that a
1: 512 TR? I thought that was a. Oh, it is a 512 TR. I love those. Uh, He's got a
0: 205 Rally behind the Evo six. He's got two of those. But his daily driver is a special-ordered M2 Competition 6-speed, which he ordered with non-tinted glass, which had to be (laughs) special-ordered, because he hates gangster glass. I'm just like, okay, that's hilarious. This
1: guy's awesome. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and uh, his daily driver is a 991.2 GT3 Touring 6-speed in speed yellow, and it's parked just behind the camera here. He opens it up, and it's just daily driver like there's trash everywhere <laughs> there's a dog bed in the passenger footwell his dog is sleeping in it there's like Adorable. muddy muddy footprints all over the interior like this super rare sought after manual gt3 and he's just he's just destroying this car he's like yeah the dog ate the gear leave on the m2 last week so i've been driving the 911 i'm like
1: awesome perfect
0: then That's they come so back to his have. house and they, they go over a lot of the stuff he's like I probably shouldn't have sold half the stuff that I had and sold. Like, he had a 997 GT3 RS 4 liter, which he bought brand new and made money <sighs> on. This guy's on. really
1: into his Porsches, isn't he? I'm, well,
0: he is, but then the only cars in his driveway are BMWs. That's... So, he's got a Euro E28 M5 he bought 14 years ago for, like, six grand. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's got an E34, so a 94, 95 5 Series wagon. Okay. That was like, oh my God, that's an M5 Touring. But no, it's a 525i that somebody else transformed into an M5 Touring. That's awesome. And he bought, because it was cheaper than the options he wanted on an RS6 Savant. <laughs> just the options. So the seats and the suspension on that car that's cost hilarious. more than the E34. It's like, why would not I just do this? Yeah. And he's got the M2 and... uh Well, also, it's an
1: Audi, which...
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He is a Porsche guy, but he said the only regret car he had, like he had an early... 2.7 career cup lightweight he's like that, that's the uh, only MDS car very cool yeah, yeah. but like he, all he has now is BMWs and that, that gt3 touring but it was fascinating he loves the r129 wonderful i've just never heard anyone else say that
1: yeah no that's honestly a great car the only people that don't like the r129 yeah are people that have not driven an r129 or
0: even like looked at one like it's like, a really handsome if, car. if you
1: really pay attention to the r129 That is a great car. It's like an objectively great car.
0: Uh huh. And he was even specifically talking, like, he saw one on Auto Trader UK that was like cheap. It was an (laughs) early 280, which we didn't even get here. Yeah. It's It's like, it was the rubbish one, but I wanted it so bad. Was it manual? (laughs) Uh, 280 probably was. Yeah, as I
1: say, like, that would be like the one to get. Every
0: time a 300 SL24 five speed comes up for sale, I'm like, God, I should buy that. You really should. Absolutely. But then I didn't and I bought a Fiat. And I have really no regrets from that. But just it's fascinating listening to somebody that is that well-established and has been around many, many, many years longer than I have just yes. in, in cars. And we've got like such similar taste. It's kind of nice. He, he, he has a BMW 1M. Yeah.
1: That's one All of very his cool.
0: fa- favorite daily drivers. I,
1: I think I like to taste in BMWs more than I like to taste some Porsches. Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if you have this happen to you, but the more... Well-known an automotive personality is the more yep. you discriminate on their car taste. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, because I'm like the only automotive personality <laughs> that's like at the top where I a hundred percent approve of their taste in cars, and that they can actually back up their taste in cars more than like more than just subjective because I like it. Mm-hmm. Is Jay Leno? I can't think of anybody else that like has like a car collection where they're like. I'm just like, this is a perfect car collection. Like it's hard to hate on it because
0: even if you don't like what he's featuring right then, you see in the background something you love. And you're like exactly. and that's oh. the thing,
1: is like every car he has, like I understand why he has that car. Like yeah. I don't like the muscle cars, but I get it.
0: Like there's right. a reason for yeah. Them. Like, it. Yeah. Like there are some interesting things about and some of them.
1: That's the thing, is all of his cars have something interesting. It's yeah. not like and my issue with like when people just get like, I want every variant of a nine eleven. Is like you have Okay, you have the exact same car with different headlights Mm -hmm. and a slightly different suspension tuning.
0: And maybe a different connecting rod in the engine.
1: Get get one, you're fine. Like, you need, like, one, maybe two. Pretty much. Unless you have a bunch of race cars, then you can have several. But, like, if you're just, like, going... I'm kind
0: of guilty of this, though.
1: But that's the thing. Your cars are all different, though.
0: They are, but, like, I've got three E30s. Let's be honest. They're all motor swap cars. They're really similar. But...
1: You also have an E30 M3. Mm-hmm. You have an E30, a right-hand drive E30 wagon. Yeah, and then you also Just like have a
0: really clean regular yeah.
1: E30. And then a, a regular one. So it's not like having I have a GT3 and I had a, a GT3 and before that I had the predecessor to a GT3. And then I had a GT2. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> and then i not an RS. Yeah, like it, it's like
1: it, it's like when I hear people and they're like, yeah, I had a WRX and then I bought a an STI and then I bought an Evo for a little bit, but now I have another WRX. It's like, oh my God, there's more than just WRXs. Like, there's more than just that. Like, branch out, enjoy the world of cars. Like, there's so many cars. We only have so long in our lives, mm-hmm. A, and B, in which you can actually drive a like internal combustion engine car mm-hmm. that like don't spend it driving the same car. Like, I love EF Civics. I'm not going to own just EF Civics my entire life. Or even like
0: very similar other Civics. Yeah, I'm not
1: going (laughs) to, like, I've owned my EF. I owned a CRX. Like, I want to own an EG just because I want to get an EG. But I'm not going to, like, buy, like, sell all my other cars and just get those. Like, even now with, like, my my predominantly Japanese car collection, I'm looking to expand beyond that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very seriously considering bidding on a Dodge Murata uh, on Bring a Trailer. I'm looking for a back to the fifties car. I want to get something European. I my next daily driver will likely be a Fiat five hundred.
0: Oh heck yeah. So like what a good car. Yeah,
1: it's so like I I want to import a Twingo. Like there's so much more in the automotive world than just one type of thing. Right. And I think that that's my only issue. Even just with like with Chris Harris. Like
0: a 60% focus, which is I think what he is, because like yeah. he like I mentioned, he's got multiple like 205 rallies, which are super yeah. rare cars. He's got a two C V. He's got so, just sheds full of old broken. Okay, so shit. so
1: he's got so he's got other things.
0: Phantom Arnage.
1: Okay, so man. that makes more sense now. So because like when when you first describe him, you're like, oh, he has this Porsche, I, I, and that Porsche, I, and the I other Porsche. It badly. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, so if he's got other things, I thought he was just like, yeah, he I've is, got a hundred Porsches. They're all the exact same car. I think he I also has two. Got, I've also got cool BMWs. Like that's how I'm like.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, I think he is disproportionately owned more Porsches, but.
1: Yeah, and so like, I can understand owning more of like one brand, like. In my lifetime, I will likely own more Toyotas than I will of any other brand.
0: Well, and he said, like, he views a car purchase as, like, a data point, where you uh-huh. buy it, use it for a year, and sell it off, which is okay. what, like, the Phantom was. That's what yeah. all of his GT cars were. And, like, I get it. I'm mean, You have some long-term hold stuff, but, like, I, that's something I actually should consider. Like, use something for a year, and then just, even if you love it, get
1: rid of it and get something else. That's, that, that's from a little, I have trouble with that, because... Um, when I look at classic cars in particular, it's very hard for me to say I want to get rid of this. I mm-hmm. want to like just use it and enjoy it, because I want to be like, you know what? There's you, you can't just like get to know a car in a year. Like there's stuff in my right. van that I'm like just discovering or weird quirks about it. Like now, when I've had that car for four years, <laughs> I barely even get something fixed <laughs> in the first year. Yeah, like so it's one of those things where it's. Now, yeah, you can have it in the first year, but you don't you don't get to know the car. Well,
0: and we have the luxury of not having to get rid of the car either.
1: And that's true. And I think another thing that's also very important about cars is daily drive it as much as you can. Oh, 100%. Like, whatever car you have, if you own it at all, use as much as you can. Not because cars, you know, should be used, this, that, and the other thing, but no, like if you own it, you want to get to know it. You, It's like looking at artwork. If you... You're not going to just like buy the Mona Lisa and walk past it. You can buy the Mona Lisa and actually look at it because you want to know the weird things about it. Right. You don't want to just say, "I've got the Mona Lisa." Like, no. I,
0: <laughs> I was investigating the lower brush strokes on her cheek today. And yeah, saw... yeah,
1: but I mean, like for real, right. like that's like you—you're yeah. actually going to get joy out of it by experiencing it. And with a car, sure. you experience it by using it. Right. And always on weekends in traffic in the McDonald's drive-through wherever yeah. you want.
0: Oh, I've taken absurd stuff through drive-throughs. And that's the thing, is like you need to be able to do that
1: with your car. Like when I own a Duesenberg, 100 percent guaranteed that shit's going through a drive-thru at some point. Like, without question. That's gonna have a burnout done in it in front of a bunch of donks. Like, I'm gonna do hilarious things with my car because I want to enjoy my car. Like (laughs) So I do appreciate him. He does have good taste in cars, except for the 512 TR.
0: I love it's the five twelve TR. He said he wanted either a Testarossa or a TR, and this one came up first. Mm,
1: I would get the Testarossa. I would get the TR. No, much better looking car. Anyway, <laughs> so um, speaking of the five twelve TR, <laughs> uh, my only issue with that car is the front end and the front bumper in particular. And there's a lot of cars actually that have this issue where the front bumper is not that good. Um, I own one. Well.
0: I don't own it, but there's one in my garage at home.
1: (laughs) Yes, there is one in your garage at home that's example this. I want to talk about what car do you think looks best with the bumpers removed? Conversely, what car looks worst with the bumpers removed?
0: So this is a tough one, but the car that looks best with the bumpers removed is the 1974 to 1976, specifically BMW E10 2002 Because the crash bumper is stuck out like a foot in the front. Because the front end of the car is at like a pie-shaped angle. And they needed it to be a certain distance from the frontmost part of the bodywork. So,
1: like, like,
0: there's just two bumper shocks that stick out, I shit you not, like a foot.
1: Literally. No, you're not exaggerating. It is literally a foot. Because you also have to think about the fact that it also has to be able to absorb five miles an hour of impact before it damages the bodywork. Exactly.
0: I mean, Yeah. yeah. It's like you get...
1: Four inches of compression
0: a and like eight inches. Yeah. Wait,
1: there's one, right there. Oh yeah. Look at that. That guy mounted his fog lights, and I'm genuinely concerned because all of the wiring for his fog lights are completely exposed to the elements. There's Pretty nothing much. to stop that. But w- very easy to install the wiring. Yeah, I mean, very. Easy. You can sit down. You can take a nap. But <laughs> it's, great. it's just
0: converse. I mean, the the early cars how the body was intended to be looked great and that looks terrible
1: um i'm gonna go with my old standby of car the worst looking car that turns into the best looking car the datsun b210 let me google it oh interesting Oh, okay yeah that that car looks like an absolute butthole with its bumpers on (laughs) i hate those bumpers (laughs) And then <laughs> as soon as they're oh, removed... Oh, there's a photo of the bumpers. Those are just tragic. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing where it's the, uh, oh, the... shark car that was engineered to not have them. No, not at all. And then they just put it on and it, it sticks out a long ways. You can even see where the Japanese bumpers would sit. Yeah. But um, if you look up... Now, if you go back and you just type in... If you add race car after dots in B210, you'll see them without bumpers and they look great.
0: The internet is not behaving well. You just type,
1: type in. Uh, oh, this one's
0: got like Japanese bumpers. Yeah, but
1: I mean, just like, we're, we're talking about like, bumpers removed, not adding other bumpers. There we go. That one's got bumpers. Does Those it? are Japanese bumpers. Yeah, fine. But anyway, you can see vaguely, kind of, Jesus I Christ, have exclusively
0: the found the world's smallest photos today. Yeah, really? <laughs> but anyway,
1: so you can see what they would look like without the bumpers on, because this is so small, you can't even see the bumper it's on it. It's so small. But um, when you remove the bumpers on, they suddenly turn into an objectively good looking car.
0: Yeah, I don't like how dinky the wheel wells are, but it fits that style of Japanese very
1: well. It's the 1970s. I, mean, I know. Like, you're that,
0: running a 13-inch four-spoke wheel. I get it.
1: Yeah, you're running a 13 by 13, 13 by 14 square, uh, like, over square. Yeah, over square, <laughs> like four-spoke wheel, <laughs> made, like named after like a like, call like, a Bilbo or something, or like a Hakusuka Hyper Mesh 12 Extreme. Trying to, trying to think
0: of what car, uh, conversely, on the first point, which one looked like pulled off the DOT bumper is the best.
1: DOT bumpers being pulled off the best. I'm pretty sure I'm
0: going to say the like the G50 portion of 911.
1: Those, yeah, because actually... Um, or the it Pantera. Beca- it became a trend, actually, to put on like 911-style bumpers on 914s, and they would do the G50-style bumpers where they have the little uh, wrinkly things on yeah, the sides. Yeah, the
0: accordions? Yeah, the little accordions. I'm sure those accordions fail, but I think they pulled it off the best just because they did that.
1: Um, MX83 Cressida, I really like the massive bumpers on my Cressida. I actually like the massive bumpers on my, <laughs> my Cressida more than the small bumpers on the Japanese version.
0: Well, it's a big car, so I could see that not yeah. being quite as offensive.
1: It sounds offensive, and also it helps uh, the standard bumpers. It's You know how I really hate when a car just kind of gaffs on a 90s-style look onto otherwise 80s car? Mm-hmm. Why I hate the 512 TR. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, you look at the front, and I'm like, oh, it's a 350... And then you look at the back and you're like, this is a Testarossa. You look at the front, like, this is a two different cars. Like, they obviously designed this later. I love it. Th- that's what I hate about it. But anyway. That's um, oh, so good. So 90s Ferrari. On the, on the Cressida, is weird because it was that era where they were trying to get rounder, but they weren't totally devoted. They weren't committed to yeah, it. Yeah, they weren't like, they didn't go full boat <laughs> until like the like second generation Ford Taurus or third gen Taurus. Um,
0: <laughs> God, the radio head unit in those cars. So bad. So offensive. But
1: um, the. MX-83 Cressida, the bumpers, especially the rear bumper, um, they were too round in the Japanese version, and the, they squared them up a lot in the American ones. It looks way better. Um, but I want to talk about, what car do you think looks best with the bumper, re- or looks worst with the bumper removed? Like, when people just remove the bumper off a car, and it just looks like a butt.
0: Oh. I am not prepared for this, so if you have an answer, please go.
1: I'm going to say, tentatively, uh, the any Lamborghini. any. Modern Lamborghini, where people remove the bumpers. Oh, for the twin turbo kits or whatever? Yeah. Oh,
0: you're not even just talking DOT crash bumpers. You're talking just, just bumpers removed.
1: Bumpers removed. Oh, G35. G35? Oh. Yeah, people do that on the rear, don't they? Oh, they yeah. do it on the
0: front and back because they put these metal homebrew like electrical conduit bash bars on that don't yeah, actually that, do anything. I, I think
1: you might be right. The G thirty oh, five with oh the bumpers, God. you removed.
0: can't even tell what the car is with the bumper off on the. It, it yeah, or it, it G35. really
1: looks terrible. Yeah, I think and actually, it's like twenty inches high It's so like you need it. Yeah, it literally is like half of the car that you've now removed. Yeah,
0: those two bumpers are half of the <laughs> surface area of paint on that car.
1: So I think, I I think I have to agree with you. Like the La- Lamborghinis of any sort. Look like butt. Hey, there's that Murata I want to bid on. Um,
0: You're going to be so poor someday.
1: It's really cool. Is that a Fairmont? No, it's a Dodge. Um, Oh. But, so this is the thing with the Dodge Murata. You know how I've never owned a car over 200 horsepower? Yeah. So this way I could own a muscle car and still never own a car over 200 horsepower. It's an auto. Oh, that's not the worst part. Scroll down a little bit more. A little more. Read oh, read, uh, read the no, first no sentence. For, read the first sentence. The
0: 5.2 liter LA Series V8 came equipped with a Carter two-barrel carburetor and was rated at 130 horsepower and 230 <laughs> foot-pound of torque when new. The air conditioning compressor and the radiator were replaced in 2000... Okay, you don't need that part. 130 horse, 230. 5.2. That's the same engine they put in, like, Jeep Grand Cherokee oh, in the early terrible. 90s. Oh, it terrible. Yeah, it was awful. And they're, they're very good potential but
1: uh that's kind of why i'd want it if so i was that a 318 it... then yes okay um so if i were to get this i would you know obviously take the emission stuff off of it and make it be about maybe 200 horsepower <laughs> torque oh so it's a
0: 727 three-speed
1: yeah so it would it i would, like
0: the wheels i gotta say the, those
1: are alloy wheels they're pretty rad um also richard petty Uh, raced one of these i really hate this car (laughs) richard petty raced one of these in nascar and i would totally do a richard petty vinyl wrap livery on it it would be hilarious
0: good lord you and i have very different (laughs) automotive tastes and i think that's
1: fine (laughs) i I know i'm perfectly acutely aware of how dumb that is but i just think i like a lot of dumb stuff too so i think it's fine my price point on that car if it passes fifty five hundred dollars i'm gonna quit bidding but i'm if, it, if I keep it under five thousand five hundred,
0: including or excluding buyer premium,
1: um, including.
0: Okay, so you got to be getting real close even right now.
1: Yeah. Yes. I
0: don't know what the premium is on forty five hundred dollars, but it's got to be five hundred. It's
1: five percent. Um, also, there's I'm an employee of Bringer Trailer, so. And. So anyway, um. Moving on. So you don't have
0: to pay the buyer premium? (laughs) I'm not
1: sure. I I know it's pretty low, but...
0: So I feel a little bit dirty bringing this up just because it's very much a you topic, but uh, Persang isn't the only company... Wow, that was was weak. Persang (laughs) isn't the only company making a type 35 replica anymore wow so back right when the type 35s were new the owner of bugatti wanted a version for his eight-year-old son so he had a half scale baby they called it type 35 commissioned which was a perfect replica in half scale and it was lovely like did it even have an engine yeah it did it was electric
1: that's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, in the 1920s, that was really, really cool. That's really rad. Um, and a lot of people buying the actual Type 35s wanted the same thing, so he ended up making 500 of those.
1: That's super cool. Which All is right.
0: really neat. And now, they, uh, Bugatti actually commissioned its... a uh, don't actually remember sh- what company is doing these, but uh, there's a third party that got licensed to do a 75% replica of a Type 35. And Johnny Smith, the late-break show guy... Just did a behind the wheel with one of these. And as a six foot plus adult, you can fit in it. And it has a 14 horsepower electric motor and it can do about 12 miles. That's awesome. I Limited want that. Limited slip diff. It is amazing. I, mean, I actually
1: is. really want the super bad.
0: It's, so there's two options. There's a carbon fiber body version and there's an aluminum hand rolled. I do aluminum. Yeah, it's $70,000 for the aluminum one or 40000 for the carbon fiber one. Oh,
1: wait, what? Oh, I do the carbon fiber then it's yeah, cheaper. Yeah, because it's
0: not hand formed. but it's just awesome i I mean they they mimicked the font on everything and that's that's just a model but the actual yeah there you go (laughs) 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 that's the real deal right there
1: i love that oh man
0: and yeah everything like it's all you know metal and it's just it's incredible so it's got got friction yep friction shock absorbers like they found a company to remanufacture all that stuff so Oh, there's I, the original baby.
1: That's adorable. Uh, that's a very cute Atari Bugatti. Our, um, so anyway, I. It's, it's hard to hate the Type 35. I love that. And the Type 35 is one of the greatest cars of all time.
0: And I saw it, and I'm just like, okay,
1: well, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. We should eventually do like a list where we say, well, what, what are our choices for like the, the greatest cars of all time? Like the 20 greatest cars.
0: God, that's going to be hard. Yeah, that's yeah, the we same. probably we, we, have, we have to. Do we that could treat future. it like the car World Cup, where we distill it yes. down.
1: We have our twenty, and we defend each one, <laughs> and then we, we'll we end twenty twenty with... on a high note. Yes, yeah, so we will. There you go. Yeah, because there's twenty. <laughs> the twenty best it?
0: cars for twenty twenty.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll do that episode two hundred since we can't have a uh, panel on this year. We
0: I think we'll end up doing two hundred this calendar year. Yeah, we will. Okay, so, so on
1: episode two hundred we'll do that. That'll be fine.
0: Uh, but anyway, I have never wanted to type thirty five more than that, and honestly, like. It's about $35,000 for the carbon fiber one. And, like, that, honestly, when they're going over all the stuff they did, I'm like, that seems like it's too cheap. <laughs> the build so quality. Much. I mean, it's legit it's what Persang only, did to make the big ones. The
1: only Volkswagen I want. <laughs> it's literally the only Volkswagen in the world that I want even a little bit. And, like, you,
0: there's <laughs> there's two different trims, too. There's, a, like, a Vitesse and a i don't know There's trim levels one of them is like the race spec and the other one is the civilian spec so it has indicators and lights i'm like you know somebody's gonna road reg that thing oh yeah
1: 100 (laughs) percent. i would totally that i am i am person i would do that it
0: will do 42 miles per hour
1: with the speed key in it yeah i could do that Mm -hmm. i i could i could use that because i live in st paul i Mm -hmm. don't need to like leave the city it would be amazing this this could be my
0: absolutely register that somehow yeah
1: oh yeah absolutely no, that's great. I love that Go so to the DMV
0: like, what is it? We can't register this. You don't have a title. I'm like, just come outside. Hold on. Come outside. <laughs> you telling this car no, you can't
1: road- register me? I'm like, oh, this is so cute. I wonder, hmm, actually, I bet you probably could. Um, I wonder if you could just like, I wonder how much money it would cost to just get like, we like, could probably just get like any crappy car VIN, just stick a VIN plate yeah, on it. Yeah, because that's This is an Ultima. <laughs> okay. oh
0: cries in r34 <laughs> oh. so definitely we're not condoning anyone swap vins on cars but it is a thing that people have done in the past
1: yeah um, i mean but you could, you could just make that ultimate uh, i
0: guarantee if you found like a model t road vin and plate no problem yeah this no would, problem that's yeah, a model easily. t
1: yeah that could easily be a model t or something where it's like if you could like modify it to like fit on that chassis yeah. or something yeah, yeah. But so, anyway, I dig that's that That's very cool. I'm a big fan of that. It has a
0: hot-swappable battery pack. It just a bunch of real cool stuff. There's
1: a lot of really cool, like, Euro market cars. You
0: can that. tell that quarantine people are bored as hell, because this kind of shit keeps coming out. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smart people being bored is fine.
1: Yeah, so, like, I want to get this. I want to get the Nobe on. If you can just Google that again, because oh. I forgot what that looks like. I need to know. That's a Romanian car. It looks like it's from the 1950s. Is it NOB? I can't Yeah. Remember. just say nobe car and nobe 100 images thank you <laughs> image look at it oh yeah i do like ah, this ah man it's so
0: expensive though
1: i know but they're really well made uh,
0: yeah but they're well and it is oh my god dude what am i searching by smallest photo ever you must be
1: um but also they're either rear wheel drive or all wheel drive yeah yeah and they're three wheels and yeah, they can do a three wheel burnout it's adorable like, like, that's anything. a great car. Like, I want that. Yeah, I want that it, really bad. It's
0: already road registrable, so that, that's a huge leg up. God
1: damn it. I really want that car. <laughs> Just the question a, is, do I want this? Do I want a Type 35 or this more? <laughs> like, which one would be a better deal? Or
0: do you want the $1,000 electric thingy? Oh, the, the Changli Nameka. Changli Uh, Yeah,
1: that's up there. Golovkin like
0: keeps putting out videos on that thing, and it's hilarious. I yeah, have to watch. it. there's them. a <laughs> the autocross one just made me there's happy. There's
1: four dumb purchases <laughs> I want to make, and they're all electric cars. I really want to get get a Changeling Mecca. I want to get a Nobe. I want to get uh, that ty- that baby Bugatti, and I also really want to get a Mitsubishi IMAF to put on a Mitsuoka like front end, and then do the uh, do the Australian. Uh, the australian hot rotting stuff that they do In on them
0: that part i condone yes. i actually have a relevant thing for this conversation okay i me. might be making a horrendously unuseful electric car purchase what are you making nick pappas my friend who is moving yes. from awesome st paul to cambridge you is yeah he's selling his 500 Did knock
1: somebody up for something
0: I don't think so. Jesus, why would he do that? I'm like, we'll to a pole shed. I'm like, yeah, you're also like two hours from civilization. So.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a pole shed. There's going to be a meth kitchen in anyway, there.
0: Anyway, nobody's buying 500 E's in Minnesota right now, apparently. And oh, I, like, should. he was talking to me about it. I'm like, dude, no one's buying anything right now. I was looking at that white one that's also for sale locally with more miles. How much is it? They want five and a half grand. I'm like, I bet <sighs> that would take 4,700 bucks. Like, dude, I'd take that for mine.
1: I'm like, Take, I wonder if I can walk up there. If I don't buy this Murata, I might buy that. Go buy the white
0: 500E. It's like, it's only got 50,000 miles, Fuck. and they're, they've been asking 5500 for it for over a month. I would just walk up there as mm-hmm. four grand called a day. They'll probably take 45 but they won't take less though. Mm. Which is still like the cheapest 500E in the country right now is what I paid for my gray one back mm-hmm. that day. It's $5,500. Yeah. So I might do that and lease it to Corey for his commute. But anyway, well, I'm not gonna
1: lie, like, that's honestly a 500E. Like, I was saying that it might get a Fiat 500. It's either a five hundred e or in a bar, so like there's no in between. I'm either getting the best fuel fuel e car or the best electric.
0: The NA ones are so good; they're such better city cars. The turning radius is like two feet shorter. This is the thing, though. Is get a five hundred e? Where well, where you live, get a five hundred e. Yes,
1: no, that I agree. The five hundred e, as far as getting a petrol car at this point. Yes. Now that I don't effectively have a commute, um, buying a petrol car, I now want to get whatever the best variant is, because... So 500E? Well, no, I mean... The
0: best petrol variant of a 500 <laughs> is a 500E. Yes. but um, Powered by a gas generator.
1: Instead of getting the car that's like, you know, oh, this is the most I you know, fuel. I argue
0: that the Abarth is not as good as the regular gasser to drive. Not even close.
1: Yeah, I've driven both of them, and I, I see where you're coming from. I think
0: the non-turbo when you drove was a Pop C with an auto, though. Yes, it was. Um, that's a hugely different car.
1: Well, so... All right, this is my thing, is... With, with petrol cars and internal combustion cars, there's only 15, 20 years in which we're going to be able to reasonably have those as daily drivers. And I'm kind of getting to a point where it's like, if I'm going to get one, I want to get the most ridiculous one I can. I want the one that doesn't have them all So get something pre-war? Eventually, yes. Not just do that now. I can't afford it. Well, then keep driving the van. Because if I, if I get a pre-war car right now, it's going to be like a Plymouth. It's going to suck. Plymouth didn't get good until they started putting Hemis and everything.
0: We'll just put a Hemi in an old one.
1: Mm, That's a good point. Mm -hmm. We might do that.
0: Just keep driving your van until you can afford the real deal.
1: On that tremendous bombshell. (laughs) Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. It's on. I don't like it.